Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to a special crossover episode of MLive's Wolverine and Spartan Confidential Podcasts. I'm Ryan Zook. I'm Aaron McMahon. I'm Matt Wenzel. Happy Thursday to you guys as we're just two days away from Saturday's rivalry game under the lights at Spartan Stadium. And we have a lot to cover on today's pod, including breaking down the matchup and discussing the fallout from last year's tunnel incident. But I wanted to start here. I don't know about you guys, but there just seems to be a a different vibe around rivalry week this year. I mean, it's crazy to think that at this time last or two years ago, we were preparing for a top 10 matchup in, in East Lansing that ended up being one of the most exciting games in series history. And this year, it just doesn't seem to be much buildup into Saturday. I mean, what's your guys' take on that so far? I agree. I, I think it more has to do with the Michigan State side, and we'll let Matt get into that here in a minute. But obviously, the, the Wolverines are rolling. Michigan State is not. And I, I think for this rivalry to be like completely juiced, you need both sides at least at the same level, whether they're both good or both bad. So you can kind of have the back and forth of the fan base. And, and you're right. I agree. I just, I haven't felt it this week either. Yeah. It, it's <laughs> the, the reason, like you said, it's obviously more on the Michigan state side of things. Uh, Michigan looking for a third straight big 10 title, third straight playoff trip, obvious national title contender. Michigan state is the complete opposite of that right now. There's been nothing but turmoil basically this fall. With Mel Tucker being fired and, you know, Harlan Barnett taking over the program in impossible circumstances and they've lost four straight. So, uh, yeah, I mean, this is, I mean, the first night game in in the rivalry at Spartan Stadium, they're going to, they're apparently going to wear their new black uniforms. But yeah, there's a, there's no real juice uh, from the Michigan State uh, fan base right now, it feels like. On, on that note, too, I'm real curious to see what the, the makeup of the crowd's going to be Saturday night at Spartan Stadium, right? Like, I was checking before we went live on, on you know, to record this, and, you know, you get tickets for under $100 at Spartan Stadium. So, I, I'm assuming, given Michigan's seasons they've had, there's going to be quite a few Michigan fans in attendance. I don't know what, you know, what Michigan State fans are thinking in terms of, you know, whether they're choosing to sell their season tickets or whatever the case may be, but I, I got to think – uh, the crowds would be a little more even than I think uh, under normal circumstances would be. Yeah, I would agree. I think that this is, you know, it's been trending in this direction, obviously, with with the way things have been going for Michigan State. Uh, I just personally think maybe Michigan uh, State basketball uh, having a free scrimmage open to the public Saturday afternoon is a little carrot Tom Izzo's dangling in, in front of the fan base saying, uh, why don't you still show up? So I don't know how much that's going to help. But, yeah, I would I would expect to see, you know, 
decent number of uh, U of M fans in the crowd, and uh, for good reason. All right, yeah, let's get into more of this this twenty three matchup. I mean, Michigan is seven and zero, winning all games by more than twenty four points, and boasting the number one scoring defense has a top ten scoring offense. Like Matt said, MSU has lost four straight, all under interim head coach Harlan Barnett, and it's coming off a disastrous fourth quarter versus Rutgers where they blew an 18-point lead. I mean, on paper, this looks like a, a game destined to be a blowout, but Matt, we'll, we'll start with you. Is there anything you've seen from MSU in recent weeks or heard from the team this week that makes you believe that this could end up being a, a close game? You know, I'll give credit to Kyle Austin, our uh, Michigan State basketball beat writer. You go back seven years, so the, the spread right now is 24 and a half. You go back seven years, it was 24 and a half. They were going into, into Spartan Stadium rolling. Michigan State was, uh, you know, had to do a three and nine season. You know, it, it, everything had gone wrong for them, basically. And we're doing the picks and everybody's Kyle was the foot, MSU football beat writer at the time. And I was kind of helping on the UM side. But everybody does the picks and we've everybody picks a blowout except for Kyle. And he's like, you know, just don't you never know. You know, this game will always be close. And I'll tell you what, he, the final score is a bit misleading. But, yeah, I mean, it was it was closer than anticipated. Uh, so, I mean, I don't I how Michigan State stays in this game. There's a lot of ways, but it, it's going to take the best effort of the year. Um, you know, positives you've seen recently. We've. You know, since getting absolutely torched by Michael Penix Jr. to the tune of 713 uh, yards, uh, program record allowed. Uh, which, to be to be fair, that was about as bad of a matchup as Michigan State could have found in the country. And Washington is a hell of a team, um, and everybody has a hard time stopping them. But the defense has has been better. You know that it's you know the the turnovers that have killed them. The defense has been put in tough spots, but they have shown some some fight obviously in, in recent weeks and it, it just kind of a, the same old thing they just can't get out of their own way this this is this should, team should easily be four and two outside shot you know uh, of five and one you know they after getting crushed by washington you know they they finished with more first downs yards of total offense and time of possession against maryland and iowa um maryland game they 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 were down 21 nothing early because of turnovers. So, uh, but still, with, they had a chance to pull within a score uh, with six minutes to go in the game. Iowa, they led in the fourth quarter. That should, they should have had a couple touchdown lead at halftime. And again, turnovers, and then you collapse there. And then Maryland or Rutgers, I'm sorry. I just, I don't know what to say. Like, you're up 18, early fourth quarter, everything is going your way. It's pouring rain and just, you know, you fumble a penalty makes you re-kick, retry a punt, snap gets fumbled, recovered in the end zone, you know, for a touchdown, uh, a kickoff isn't fielded. They were, you know, Rutgers recover. It's just, you know, calamity. They ran, what, seven offensive plays in the fourth quarter, I believe, after having the lead. So they, they just can't get out of their own way. Um, I, I mean, again, they're still showing up. Everybody's saying the right things. This team's bought in. Everybody's committed and, and, and all that. But, the results uh, on the field, they just too many, too many self-inflicted wounds. How much do you think maybe that could be attributed to all the off the, the field issues that have gone on this year and then the, the coaching change? And I mean, it's just a lot of outside noise that is, has been um, surrounding this program all season. Yeah. I mean, there's obviously these, I mean, the players are, I mean, these are 18 to 23 year olds for the most part. The coaches are in an unfortunate position. They're all 
you know, it's a lame duck staff. Everybody's facing challenges. So, I mean, I, there is something to that. Um, but at the same time, discipline has been the word for like a month. <laughs> and it, it isn't, it isn't changing. You know, this, this team has more turnovers than all but two teams in the country. They have 15. They, uh, they're one of the most penalized teams in the country. And I mean, talent wise, you know, they got some guys, obviously, but the margin for error is very thin and, and they are not going to be successful any week where they, they keep committing these errors. No, for sure, for sure. And Aaron, obviously, we've been around the, the Michigan team all season and the players just seem to be oozing confidence in, in more so by the week. I mean, what are your takeaways from this week's interviews as the team looks to win and set them straight over its in-state rival? Yeah, it's basically just the opposite, right? Michigan's been as dis as disciplined and like mistake free of a team as you can get, right? I think that's four games in a row now. They haven't had a turnover. They've had very few penalties this season. Uh, they're rolling over these Big Ten opponents. The, you know, some of these spreads have been large, and they've been able to, to beat them. So it, I don't know. It we've talked about this for weeks now. Michigan's beating up on bad teams. The Big Ten largely. You know, aside from obviously Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State is a bad conference. So I guess we don't know how good this Michigan team is, but they've really handled themselves well. I mean, even some of the computer adjusted ratings, they're number one in the country. Um, we'll see. Uh, but I mean, they're playing as well as you'd expect right now. And it was, it's, got, it's gotten to the point now where Jim Harbaugh is like shouting out the assistant coaches and praising the parents and everything else because he has nothing else to say because this team has been playing so well. It is a rivalry game, and we talk about this all the time. You throw the records out and everything else. So I think there's some of that, obviously, you know, guarding against that this week. Um, but as far as a program, the Michigan team itself, they're about as good of a situation as you can be, almost as polar opposite uh, of the Spartans as you, as you can be as well. So definitely a, a collision course here of two programs heading in different directions. Um, I don't know how that necessarily affects the final score, but I, I think a lot of people have their assumptions. And and we'll obviously see it play on the field on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about this all year, but it's pretty remarkable how healthy this team has been. And even when they've had some guys banged up, the the guys that have came in and have played pretty well. So, I mean, I think they, they have realized that they have more depth than they maybe originally thought at some positions. Like, I mean, the secondary coming into the year is like, oh, my God, like they're, who's going to be the second cornerback? I mean, what happens if old Johnson can't go or – or the safeties or the linebacker. I mean, there's, there's, they've had multiple guys step into those positions and, and play really well. So it's, uh, yeah, things are, are rolling right now for them. And, uh, <laughs> and for MSU, I mean, we've, we've seen a, a quarterback switch here. And I mean, that's never really a good sign <laughs> midway through the season. I mean, I think it was this past week, right, Matt, that, uh, that Hauser took over the starting job from, from Noah Kim and, and will become MSU's first second-year quarterback to start against Michigan since Jeff Smoker in 20, 2001? You were correct on, on all of that. So, uh, yeah, Noah Kim won, the, you know, Peyton Thorne, two-year starter, transferred out after spring practice. He's now at Auburn. Uh, Noah Kim beats out uh, Caden Hauser and true freshman Sam Levitt for the job in fall camp. You know, some, some positive things the first two weeks. Um, he was the Big Ten Offensive Player of the Week in a, a Week Two win, and then it, it just hasn't worked out. Uh, in the three games that followed, he had six interceptions against only one touchdown pass. He was on the field for 35 offensive possessions, while only one of those was a was a touchdown drive. So with the bye week, the staff made a change. They went to Caton, and he's a 
former four-star kid from, from California. He had been committed to Boise, flipped to Michigan State late in the process. He appeared in one game as a true freshman last year and uh, redshirted. And then this year, you know, he he showed some things at Rutgers. I was actually impressed. You know, you go on the road making your first career start as a redshirt freshman. You really haven't gotten much that much playing time against a good defense in the rain. And he he looked strong at the start. I mean, they it got the ball to start, marched right down the field for, for a touchdown. That was the first score they've had at all on an opening possession of a game this year. You know, same thing in the, to start the second half, first possession, right down the field. Those are two of probably the best drives they've had all season. Um, so you liked what you saw at times, but, you know, he got away. He got away with a few. Uh, he could have been picked off twice easily, probably. Maybe a third time there was one there as an offsides. And so it was a free play, whether or not he actually knew it was a free play. I, I don't know, but the ball ended up being picked off, but it didn't matter. Um, he recovered his own fumble on a fourth down. And that we've got a first down out of it. So got away with some things you, you probably won't get away with against Michigan, uh, given the, the quality that, that they have on that side of the ball. But, you know, so, some promise for him. He's a bigger quarterback th- than Noah. He's He's got a strong arm, obviously. He had a couple of really nice, some really nice throws. But, you know, he had two completions where his receivers unfumbled the ball. <laughs> and those were both killer turnovers. So, he ran for a score. They they used a, they dialed up a little more uh, QB runs for him, and, and you know bigger guys so he can absorb a little more contact. And so I, yeah, there are things to like about about what you saw from him. Um, but you know, still a young guy, still developing, and you know, it's gonna be be a quite a quite a challenge. You know, he's he played at John, St. John Bosco out there, so you know, a big time high school program. But you know, this is. Saturday night under the lights, national TV against uh, maybe the best team in the country. Uh, so going to be a lot of pressure on him, and uh, we'll see how he responds. But uh, he seems to have a bright future. You, you just kind of get the sense that if if MSU turns the ball over more than once, that, that they just really probably won't have any chance in this game. I mean, Michigan has really been good at forcing turnovers, especially recently. And, and you can see what, how, how much that can switch switch momentum. And even for like MSU last week against Rutgers, I mean, thinking you're in control and then some some mishaps and all of a sudden it's uh, you find yourself behind on the scoreboard in the game you were in control. So, yeah, it, it just seems like if there's if there's any turnover issues for MSU at all on Saturday, it's it's probably going to be game over. Uh, yeah, I would, uh, I would have to agree with that. Again, you know, repeating the same stuff. Uh, margin for error is 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 basically nothing against you know Rutgers or or Iowa against Michigan. Yeah, it's even you know it's even a thinner line, I guess you would say. Uh, but yeah, they can't. They just can't afford to turn over the ball. They have. If there is any, I mean, we'll get into keys later, but. The number one key, obviously, it, it is for pretty much every team every week, but especially so in this case is winning the turnover mark battle. They they haven't been doing it, and that will be absolutely critical on Saturday. I was just going to say, I mean, Michigan had two you know two interceptions and in, in, against Nebraska a few weeks ago, and it was game over by the end, end of the first quarter. So I, I think turnovers are key. I mean, Michigan likes forcing them. They've done a good job. Nine interceptions in seven games. Uh, Michigan State's obviously, as you said, or, or is prone to turning the ball over. So I think. You know, if they can get through that early in the game, I think you know you you can try and muck it up and make it competitive. But if, if Michigan gets again gets the football, it's it, it's yeah, game over.
probably the biggest storyline heading into Saturday is, is if there will be any carryover from last year's tunnel incident where multiple MSU players assaulted two Wolverines that led to charges being pressed, some heated words from both sides afterwards. Uh, but a year has passed, and I mean, I guess can each of you give us a, a temperature check on, on both sides heading into Saturday in that regard? Yeah, I, mean, I guess from the Michigan side, they've, they've kind of said all the right things this week. They've basically tried avoiding the, the questions about the tunnel stuff. Um, you know, they've made it made it the focus. Uh, they made Saturday the focus as opposed to talking about everything else. Um, you know, it's probably the right way to go. You know, behind the scenes, I'm sure it's a little bit of a different situation. You know, I, I did ask uh, edge rusher Jalen Harrell uh, earlier this week about it, and he kind of smirked and laughed And when I asked if they were still talking about it, and he said, no, not really. Uh, I got to think they are, but they're trying to keep it under wraps because here, look, the reality of the situation is Michigan has a lot more to lose here than Michigan State does, right? A loss would certainly cost Michigan uh, the Big Ten, you know, in the Big Ten race. It would certainly dampen their their hopes of getting in the Big Ten championship and getting in the playoffs. So they they desperately need to win this game. And I think I think the coaches this week are trying to get that idea through to the players. Like, yes, it is a rivalry. Yes, you, you know, you necessarily don't have to forget what happened last year, but you can't let it cost you in the dumb, dumb decisions, whether it's penalties or you know, off, the, off the field curricular activities, everything else, because, um, you know, this is just one game. It just counts for one win or loss, not to sound cliche, but Michigan has bigger and, and, and better things on the horizon in, in their eyes. So um, not a ton of smack talk for the Michigan side, as you'd probably expect. Um, you know, it's they're taking, you know, kind of uh, a business-like approach to this. Jim Harbaugh did have some complimentary things to say about Michigan State, as he usually does every year. Um, he has heard uh, he did. Sp- he reached out to his former uh, former assistant coach Willie Taggart on, on Harlan Barnett. Had some good things to say about him. So uh, he spoke highly of, of Barnett's character and everything else. So right now, Michigan's kind of taking this, um, you know, as as a business like tun- tunnel vision. I guess would be a good way to say it. Um, but yeah, uh, not a ton coming out of the Michigan side. Yeah, it's similar on the side. Um, I mean, they wouldn't have any reason tunnel, even aside from the tunnel, Michigan State would obviously not have any reason to be, you know, providing bulletin board material, uh, given the current situation. But yeah, I mean, they've, you know, Harlan said, you know, that was last year we've moved on, you know, we're looking forward to, you know, 11 on 11 on the field, and there's plenty of opportunity to get after them there. Uh, players have said the same thing, you know, that's, that's in the past. So, and you know, of the seven guys that were criminally charged, there's only three of them that are even potentially available on Saturday because Jacoby Winman's out for the season due to injury. Um, Kari Crump, uh, who swung the helmet, he remains suspended uh, for, you know, the big 10 spent it for the eight games this season. Um, two others uh, are no longer on the team. So you have defensive back, uh, Angelo Gross and defense vens, uh, Brandon Wright and Zion Young are, are they the only three that are would even potentially be available on Saturday. And so, yeah, I mean, there, there's not much to say, um, but I, to Aaron's point, I would have a very hard time believing that behind closed doors, that is not a topic of convert, of discussion amongst the Michigan players. And, and I don't know what Michigan State would be saying about it behind the scenes, but yeah, I, I I am uh, hoping for <laughs> a game that is left on the field and not the things that we've dealt with in recent years, whether that was the pregame dust up uh, in 2018 or, or any of the other stuff like last year. And if, if we're worried about when the Big Ten uh, decides to level uh, public reprimands or fines in the coming weeks, it's going to. 
be unfortunate. Agreed. A hundred percent agreed on, on this side as well. Uh, and I, I must point out too the two players Mich- that were involved in the Michigan side last year. Um, one of them is no longer on the team, obviously, Jamon Green, who declared for the NFL draft. And the other, Jane McBurrows, has been a- inactive most of the season. So I, you're probably not going to see uh, – you're definitely not going to see Jamon Green. You probably won't see McBurrows at all either Saturday. So uh, like you said, that, that may help cool things down a little bit when the, those involved are, aren't there. Um, but nonetheless, it is it is hanging over, you know, certainly hanging over Michigan. I'm sure it's hanging over both teams. And, you know, you, you got to think one little spark may do something. You, we just we just hope it doesn't get to that point. Well, let's touch on the MSU program a little bit, too. I mean, it's obviously been a tumultuous season with with Mel Tucker. I mean, what Matt, what, what do you think the, the future of this program is and, 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 and how that might affect this this rivalry moving forward? Well, I'm out of adjectives to use to describe. So anybody who wants to throw a few my, my way, um, I could I could use a suggestion. Um, yeah, I mean it's just been a disaster of a, of a fall. You know, after an expected two and zero start, you know, USA Today um, early morning hours released a report about uh, with the accusations against Mel Tucker by Brenda Tracy, alleging uh, you know sexual misconduct. Uh, Later that day, he's suspended without pay, and then two weeks later, he's he's fired for cause. And now this is this is where the the lawyers t- step in and and make a bunch of uh, billable hours, and that will be the foreseeable future because Mel is going to sue over the nearly eighty million dollars <laughs> remaining on his contract, and then there's there's some other stuff in the courts to uh, to keep me busy. But yeah, I mean this is this is a big moment. You know, they thought they had you know. They thought they had a guy, you know, two years ago. You mentioned this is unbeaten top 10 teams coming into East Lansing. As, as much hype for that game as I can recall in a long time. And, and it lived up to it. It was, a, it, was a, it was a great game, you know. It was a wild day in East Lansing. Uh, they, they rallied Kenneth Walker as an all-time performance. And then next thing you know, uh, Mel Tucker's getting a 10-year, $95 million contract that's uh, fully guaranteed. And... Two years later, he's, he's gone. You know, it is crazy how quick things change. It feels like forever ago. But, you know, this is a very important hire, obviously. You know, you need your, your football program to be good. They have the money. You know, how much the big-time donors, your Matt Ishbia's of the world, you know, are going to pony up this time around. I don't know. We'll see. As far as their say or their opinion of the matter in Alan Heller's search, uh, I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of names that are out there. I'm not, I'm not going to even <laughs> I won't even get into to where that would be going, but they need to make a good hire. I mean, ideally, Allen's got a short list of candidates. He's working behind the scenes and they have a coach in place by very by late, very late November, very early December um, before the first signing day. So that coach can salvage what they can of, of the recruiting class and, and go from there. So. I don't know. I didn't expect this to be another coaching search uh, fall, winter, whatever. Uh, but that, that's just where they're at. And um, but, you know, this is still a good job. You know, this is, you know, it's a big time job. It's, you know, the facilities are there. They just completed a nearly 70 million dollar renovation of the football building, which will be named after Tom Mizzo. Um, and then, uh, you know, they were paying Mel nine point five million dollars a year. There's there's money there. You know, the Big Ten, obviously, with the TV you know, deal and, and you know, with the expansion, it's it's a very attractive job. The situation is difficult, obviously, given what has happened. You have an interim president, you have a board of trustees that 
does not have the best uh, track record with uh, staying out of things. So tricky, but it's still a, still a good job that that they should be able to find a, a very a high quality coach to replace Mel. And with, with Mark D'Antonio on staff right now too. I mean, do you think that gives them any sort of I don't want to say advantage, but benefit? for, for pre preparing for this game at all, or is it kind of moot at this point? I mean, who, if there's anybody that can get uh, a Michigan State team fired up uh, as an underdog against Michigan, I can't think of anybody better than, than Mark D'Antonio. I mean, that's what he made his name on in this, you know. I mean, he, was, he did things at Michigan State uh, nobody thought were possible, including, you know, flipping the rivalry. You know, he won 8-10 at one point in time, and – yeah, he, you know, he's back out of a three-year retirement as associate coach. We talked to him I think the week he started. And, you know, he had said, you know, he's basically sees it as more of an advisory role to, to Harlan, who was his longtime assistant. He's said, you know, I'm not in there doing X's and O's. You know, it takes a while to even get up to speed on the scheme and stuff that they have to installed. So he's more of that, I think, you know, when Harlan, you take over a program in a snap, and he's never been a head coach. There are a million things going on. And to have somebody there that that knows what it's like and, you know, that I could see obvious benefit to that. W whether he says something this week, I, I don't know. Harlan called it his what, uh, secret recipe or not recipe, uh, secret formula or whatever that he couldn't share. Um, Trey Mosley, a fifth year senior who, who was played for D'Antonio in, in 2019, said, you know, he's kind of. Mark's kind of the behind the scenes guy in the shadows taking notes. He said he hadn't said anything. He hadn't given a big pep speech, you know, yet. But he, he said he would have uh, expected something uh, from Mark uh, before the game this week to get him fired up. So would not be surprised in the least if that happened. All right, let's get into close up here with with keys to victory and and prediction. I mean, how, how, how are you guys thinking this this game plays out? And, and this, I guess for MSU side, I mean, what's – what I mean, you kind of touched on this earlier, Matt, but uh, what needs to go right for them to, to hang around and at least maybe have a shot in the fourth quarter? I mean, in short, it basically have to play a almost flawless game. But, uh, you know, again, you can't have any mistakes. You got to win the turnover battle. You can't keep, you know, these these critical errors. Got to go, you know, obviously win the turnover battle, basically almost penalty free. Kaden Hauser is going to have to have a great game, and he's going to have to be efficient. That's more most important, which I thought he was for the most part against Rutgers. You know, he can't make mistakes. He's just got to do what they ask him to do, which will require, obviously, uh, help from his teammates, good play calling. Uh, the run game always is, is important. They have a – you know, Nathan Carter has been a good addition from, from UConn, and uh, Jalen Berger was uh, – he missed a few games due to injury. He's getting healthier. We saw him last week more than we'd seen him since week two was running pretty hard and then defensively. Yeah. I mean, the same old, same old things, you know, you can't let Michigan just bully him on the ground and, and you got to force JJ to, to pass. And obviously he's a very good quarterback. They got good receivers. So um, yeah, I mean, basically they have to play the best game they played all year and, and win, uh, win the turnover battle, win in the trenches. And, and that'll give you a chance. Easier said than done, obviously. Aaron, where are you expecting from the Michigan side? I'm really curious to see what the game script is going to be for Michigan. I, I think ultimately for them, it comes down to sticking to it, right? Like not turning the ball over, not making mistakes, controlling, you know, the clock, you know, playing their type of ball. But I, I'm really curious to see how, like how much they like unleash JJ, you know, Jim spent a good portion of the earlier in the week, 
praising his numbers, um, almost like 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 thrusting him into the Heisman race. You know, he's he's moved up in recent weeks. He's been he's played nearly flawless football, very efficient. He doesn't have the stats that some of these other national quarterbacks do, like a Michael Penix or you know or a Dylan Gabriel or whatever the case may be. So, part of me wonders if the Michigan offense is is ready to kind of unleash him a little bit more through the through the passing game. Um, you know, we, we've seen that in the past. I remember Michigan came out throwing, remember in 2021, when all they were doing was running the football. They they threw the Andrew Anthony of that big play to open the game, and, and that's kind of how they got Michigan State off, off their you know off their toes, so to speak. So um, I, I think Michigan thinks they can win on the ground. Obviously, they've shown that they can in the, in the past, you know, the past couple of years um, with Blake Corum and, and the offensive line. But I, I, I do think JJ McCarthy is the key to this game. If he doesn't make many turnover, it doesn't make many mistakes, doesn't turn the football over. Um, I think Michigan wins this game rather easily. Um, that being said, I, I do expect Michigan State to come out and, and try and punch him in the mouth early. Michigan's been prone to that in the past. We saw it last week in Indiana. Uh, we saw it a couple of weeks ago against Rutgers, where they go down seven nothing early and have to respond. Now, the response was just fine, and, we, and over time they end up blowing both teams out. But um, I think Michigan needs to avoid that early. If they can do that, I, I think they win this game rather handily. Although I will point out, you know, we did put out our predictions earlier today at MLive.com, and I was the only one that went with Michigan State uh, plus 24 and a half. So many of us are expecting a blowout. I, it wouldn't shock me if that happened, but I, I just think, you know, given the rivalry aspect, this game being in East Lansing, and I, I do think Michigan State will come out motivated after last year. Um, that I, I do think they, whether there's a backdoor cover or whatever the case may be, I do think this game stays relatively close. Um, four scores is just a lot. Um, nonetheless, I, I think Michigan wins this game rather handily, and, and it, by the end of it, um, there's there's no you know no gap there. It, it will be interesting to see because Michigan has been up so big in in the second half in all seven games that their starters really haven't played in the fourth quarter at all this year, and I just wonder that. This this week, if they even if they do have a big lead, if they kind of keep the foot on the gas a little bit more than they're accustomed to, and uh, kind of just go for blood and, and and maybe run up the score a little bit more than they they usually would against against other opponents. I mean, you got to try and get your guys in a full game eventually, because uh, you would assume with uh, Ohio State and, and Penn State coming up that, that you'll probably need to to have your guys be able to play a full game, but. I am curious to see how how the the personnel shakes out late in the game if, if it is kind of lopsided and if they continue to maybe kind of add on a little bit or or call off the dogs and, and try not to escalate anything any further. But well, we shall see. That that's one thing both teams have in common. They're both looking to finish, really. So I mean, Michigan hasn't <laughs> for opposite reasons. Michigan hasn't done it because they've been up by so many points. Michigan State hasn't been able to do it because they keep committing errors, but. Yeah, I mean, I could see, like we had talked about earlier, you know, the emotion, you know, Michigan State comes out, if they can get something going early, if it's a game in the second half, maybe, you know, maybe Michigan gets uncomfortable on the road. I, I don't know, but, you know, this is a veteran team, you know, I asked, you know, Harlan about, uh, you know, personnel-wise, you know, same same quarterback, same running back, big running backs, yada, yada, and he's like, well, yeah, that just means they're more experienced, so they're even better, so that, I you know that's going to weigh in their favor. Um, I just have a I just have a hard time seeing this being a competitive game late. Um, I did I picked Michigan to cover. I know, I know it's a lot of points, and and I'm not I'm always leery of that. But uh, I took them to win thirty eight to thirteen. 
that's just it. I'm glad you brought that up because Michigan had their backs haven't been against the wall yet this year. You know, and there were only really a handful of times last year where that really a couple of times last year that happened. So Michigan hasn't been in that situation just yet. And if, I think if the Spartans can put them, you know, in that, whether it's late second quarter, early third quarter, where it's a one possession game and it kind of forces Michigan to, to pick up the pace, so to speak, um, I, I'd be really curious to see how they'd respond. Um, they just haven't done it yet. So, we'll, and obviously they don't want to do that. You know, and in fact, Blake Corham acknowledged that earlier this week, you know, that the knock against Michigan is they haven't played anybody and they haven't faced any adversity. And, and he he made a good point. He's like, well, we don't have to, if we don't really, we don't have to, you know, we can, we can put ourselves in a position where all these games are lopsided and we win easily. Um, ideally, that's probably what Michigan wants to do, but I got to think, I got to, I got to think MSU is going to come out ready to go. Um, how long that lasts, I don't know. Um, it certainly helps, you know, this game is being played in East Lansing and it is on grass, uh, a field that Michigan struggled at in the last couple of years. Uh, so we'll see. Um, yeah, I, I'm really curious to see the script as I, as I was saying about Michigan. Regardless of what happens on the field on Saturday, we will have extensive coverage at MLive.com slash Wolverines and MLive.com slash Spartans. Um, throughout the the post game and leading up to Saturday as well. Thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you again after the game.